Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. You know, introductions first. Uh, you are Julie Shields, and I, and I think you were on a year ago. I think it's Rutina. Your, your name is, is that right? Perfect. Uh, All right. (laughs) And you are a representative from MIFA. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do before we get into the uh, the details of our conversation? Oh, great. Thanks. Yeah. So, um, Julie Shields Routina, my title is Director of College Planning and Education at MIFA. And MIFA is um, a not-for-profit organization here in Massachusetts uh, that's been around since 1982, and we help families plan, save, and pay for college. And my background is really, I've been doing this type of work for over 30 years, and I started out working in a financial aid office, um, you know, helping students finance college that way, and then I've worked for a number of other organizations um, in the higher education space, like the College Board, American Express, Nellie Mae, and then I came to MIFA 15 years ago. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Terrific. Yeah. All right. Now, and, and uh, just so, just out of curiosity, what has your job been like since uh, since March? Have you been uh, be able to? I assume you're out in the community a lot. I mean, that's that sounds like uh, what most of what you do. What do you What have you been doing recently? <laughs> well, I know you're right. I, uh, I I I've given up a three hour, you know, full, you know, round trip three hour commute, which actually <laughs> has been a really good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I also used to travel all over Massachusetts. Um, all of us did. We really went 
into, you know, we did about 300 in-person presentations around Massachusetts in schools and libraries and companies. So that has, that all switched, you know, as of March 11th, we, <laughs> yeah. um, like everyone else, we had to do a real flip around and now we do everything virtually on Zoom. Yeah. And, but we have been able to, I, th- I think as we've all realized, this is We've all done a good job of it. We have transitioned to be able to offer all of our services online. And then, you know, families are home. They still need the information, but they're able to access it at their convenience. So it's it's worked out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think there's there's been a lot of silver linings with uh, obviously, you know, the the initial change, especially with us in our business, too, was was particularly difficult. But as uh, as everyone's sort of gotten more used to it, there's uh, I think there's been some silver linings and even some benefits to it uh, because it's, you know, everyone, you know, for the most part, everyone has the internet and it's so accessible and if you if you know how to work it um then we uh, then it's you know there can be certainly be some good things oh I, I cindy's been admitted to my zoom so it looks like her internet's working maybe we'll, maybe we'll zoom the rest of this one after one of the breaks here but um why don't we talk let's just talk about mifa first i think probably most uh, uh most folks i assume are familiar with mifa why don't you tell us a little bit more about it um you know uh, and and so what what mifa is and what they do specifically you know, as I said, we help families, and we really do this at whatever stage they're in in the college process. So let's say starting at really the birth of a child, yeah. <laughs> we, um, we have the state two uh, college savings programs, and we can talk more about those, the U-Fund and the U-Plan. Yep. So we, we try to encourage families to start saving for that as early as possible. Yep. And then let's take sort of the other end, or somewhat of the other end, we have low-cost loans for families who need to finance college. Uh, so when students are in, you know, senior in high school and, and then in college, we're able to provide them with, with financing to be able to do that. And then in between, we just have this very robust guidance program where we help families at whatever stage, you know, do they have a middle schooler? We, um, we have a student web portal that can help those students start to discover themselves and possible careers. And then we take, we take those students right through high school with the admissions process, applying for financial aid is a huge part of what we do. So um, yeah, it's almost, and then, you know, when students graduate from college, Many of them have loans and need, need some help with managing that repayment of loans to move on with their lives and maybe even then, you know, have their own kids. Yeah. It's, it's this life cycle <laughs> that we, we are able to help. Okay. Something for, for everyone, I well, think. Yeah, it sounds like a wonderful program. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just curious for me, is this a, obviously MIFA is the Massachusetts uh, Education mm-hmm. Finance Authority. Is, uh, do other states have this as well? Is this, is this unique to us? You know, a, a, many states have a similar type of organization, you know, a, a not-for-profit that helps with this type of thing. But we're all structured a little bit differently. And actually, one thing about MIFA is we've, um, we've become a little more national, so anyone can borrow our loans all over the country. That's, that's in the last two years. Okay. Uh, and then actually, anyone can save in our savings programs. And thirdly... I'll talk to anyone, anyone who wants to call me to get some guidance and advice. So, so really we, we focus on Massachusetts and that's where we really put our efforts, but, uh, but we'll, you know, we'll help anyone who needs help in this area. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right. You know what, uh, before I go, uh, 
um, let me let me before we move on to the next topic. Um, anyone who has any questions, uh, we're live in the Merrimack Valley today. Uh, we broadcast on a couple of different radio stations, but we're up on WCAP live today. Um, uh, you can reach us at nine seven eight four five four four nine eight zero if you have questions uh, about saving for college or paying for college. Uh, Julie's going to be a great resource for us. So again, it's nine seven eight four five four four nine eight zero is the number. Okay, so I you know I have an outline uh, that that I sent you and uh, I also have your uh, the MIFA uh, general communication themes by month and I, I think we, you know, we'll probably go through both of them I don't know if you had a preference on where we start do you want to do you think we should start at the beginning just uh, you know assume you know assume you have a little kiddo and, and where does the whole process start is that is that probably the best place to uh, to get going I would think correct <laughs> So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I have, you know, I, I think maybe this is an obvious question, but you know, you, the, the first one on the outline that you, uh, that you provided for us here, um, it's, it's why saving for college is important. Is it, is it easy enough to just say, because it's, because it's really expensive? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's, that's a really good reason. <laughs> yeah. But, but I guess, I guess more so that over the many years that I've been doing this type of work, usually you know, I meet people uh, when when they have a junior or senior in high school, and then they're really panicked because they see how expensive it is. Yeah. And and it's a lot to think about how you're going to pull that together at that point. Um, and, you know, MIFA is able to help them at that point, but we just have seen that those families that have a plan much earlier and do start saving I just have a much easier time um, with with the whole process. And really, the, the earlier you start, the less pressure there is. You know, you don't have to save a million dollars, but just to have as a, you as a financial planner advisor know that just starting to save, having a plan and starting to save and putting what you can there um, for many years it just has its benefit and makes it a lot easier when you get to that point of having to pay for college. Yeah. Now, do you, do you have an idea of, you know, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but off the top of your head, um, you know, how, how, if, if uh, someone's just had a kid and they say, oh, how much does college cost? Do you have some numbers there that are handy off the top of your head? Oh, well, you know, the average public institution cost X and the average private institution cost Y. <laughs> Uh, well, we, we do, and so all of that is on our website, and we have we actually have some calculators on our website that show what college costs now yeah. and what it might cost in 18 years, but I'll be honest with you, I, I hate to talk about those numbers because really <laughs> you scare, all they scare do people? is yeah. make someone fall off their chair, right? Yeah. Say, okay, I have three kids, and you're done. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, think, I think an easier way um, to think about it is... Yeah, we can see what the costs are now, right? If we take Massachusetts, we have private colleges that cost in the sixty and seventy thousand dollar range, and yeah. and then public that cost, you know, in the twenty and thirty thousand dollar range. But I guess what the way I like to think of it is, there are many choices, right? So we do have community colleges that are super affordable and ways that you can start there and then transfer. Um, so really, the way I like to think about it is a family pays for college usually in these ways. Um, apply for financial aid because a lot of students receive some financial aid, whether yep. it be based on their financial need or based on merit. And then savings, current income, and loans. So families usually piece it together. And maybe maybe a gift from a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle in there too. And 
piece all of that together. So that's how families are paying in a variety of ways. But it's that the saving piece, the more they save, then the less pressure there is going to be on their current income when their kid is in high school and going to college and the less pressure that they're going to need to borrow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I'd say just the, having a plan and working at it all the way along is going to put them in a position to ha- have their kids have more choices, more options. Um, you know, all of that, rather than just throwing out some number that says, you know, college is going to cost two hundred eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I do have some numbers, and I and I you know I, I will throw them out here. You know, I just you know per per, per usual my uh, my yeah. research is is just googling stuff and looking at various websites. But um, you know, these numbers will which I'll give out in a minute here are, will be I, I assume fairly close, uh, but. Yep. You know, the, the thing that you talk about, the, the behavioral issue of the cost of college is, you know, is a real one. You know, we we deal mostly in this just because of our business and, and, you know, the way it works and the folks that we work with. We're mostly on the college saving end. And, you know, most financial planners work with folks with money. And so it's, you know, generally speaking that, you know, there's, there's money to save and we work with probably a wealth, you know, a wealthier subset of society. Uh, even for our clients, the costs of college can be so overwhelming at times that you know you, you feel you feel like they almost want to give up and say, oh, there's no way, right? I mean, you know, I'll I'll, I'll give out the you know the top number that I see here on just one particular website uh, uh, for all of the costs, right? Tuition and fees, room and board, books and supplies, travel and other um, for a private four-year college uh, is is about $54,000 per year. I think this may be a year old, so maybe that's last year's tuition. Um, you know, multiply that by four and you're up over $200,000 per year. And right, that just gets... It gets, it gets overwhelming. And, you know, especially if you multiply that by multiple children, uh, you know, you're quickly up into the uh, the half a million dollar range as far as college, which just seems so overwhelming, right? Even if you have 18, you know, even if you have 18 years to start saving for it, if you start right away, um, it, it is difficult. And, it, and it's, a, it's a real it's a real behavioral issue uh, that, you know, that's certainly, you know, obviously you deal with it and, and so do we. And it's just something where we, we have to constantly remind folks like you just did, you know, what you need to do is you need to start because every, you know, A, because, you know, when, when you're younger, time is on your side, right? You know, if you, if you have 18 years to save, that's, that's a heck of a lot different than, you know, four or five, uh, and especially in a lot different than, you know, than one or two, right? And so anything that you can save will help. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think it's probably best for you. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should try that instead of, uh, in, <laughs> instead of, you know, trying to make projections about how much clients need to save, we'll just say save something, right? Maybe that's a, maybe that's an idea that we can use for our business. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, and, and I will say there's, there's one myth that I think people get, a, you know, with a young child that you're advising to save. People do have this fear that, well, if I save, that's going to take away any financial aid I might receive, right? So that's a real fear. And I, I see that that sometimes makes families postpone or not save at all because they're just not sure and they hear yeah. they hear from their brother-in-law and from their neighbor down the street you know these stories and they just don't know so we have a lot on our website too that explains that that actually first of all a lot of the financial aid out there is merit based and this um, is this is it mifa.org i i just want to make sure that uh for yeah. as, as we refer to this uh julie talking about mifa.org is the website uh, if you want to go and refer to it 
Yeah, and so, you know, a lot of it is merit-based, which will have no effect. You know, save, you're, you're going to want to save. Yep. And then even the, even the aid that is based on a family's financial need is very much, uh, the formula for financial aid is very much income-driven. Yep. So your savings just really helps you so much more than it hurts the family. And we can, again, we can get into those details again, but that's just one of the things that I see uh, a myth that makes families maybe not save because they're just not sure. Yes. So I always just advise, get the facts, learn the details of how, how this works, and you'd see that your savings is going to help you a, a whole lot more. In fact, you really you really need some savings. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I think, yeah, so you have you have the kind of the double whammy, right? I mean, you know, so you have a young kid, you hear, oh, college is going to cost me $200,000, and then you hear, oh, and if you save, you won't get as much financial aid. And I, and I feel like, you know, the, the, your, your brain, you know, you don't, no one really wants to save for college, right? You don't want to sock away 1500 bucks a month to try to pay for your kid's college. You'd, you'd much rather not do that. And I, I think it's, it's easier for your brain to just say, oh, well, hey, I'm, you know, hey, I might be worse off. I mean, even if it's not true, which, you know, clearly it's not true that if you save for college, you'll be in a worse position. Right. Um, but because it's such a it's such a big number anyways, and it's such a scary number when you hear that, you know, that little justification, um, you know, regardless of, of the fact that it, it really is not accurate. Uh, I think a lot of families will then just say, OK, well, I'm not even going to bother because, hey, I'm not going to get as much financial aid if I save anyway. But, you know, to, just to be abundantly clear, which which you have been and I think we'll probably catch up more on later in the show, um, you will not be worse. You'll, you'll not be in a worse financial position if you save for college, right? It, it may be true that Correct. if you don't save anything for college, you will ha you will qualify for more financial aid, right? That may be a factual statement, uh, but it, it, it I, you know, I, I don't have any, I, I don't like, we don't, you know, my business is really scared of guarantees, right? So that, that's, that's drummed into us, but I can, I can almost guarantee that you, if you do save for college, you'll be in a better financial position because that's just the way it works, right? You know, you're, you're going to, you know, you'll have more, you'll have more money. You'll end up with less loans. And I, and I promise you, your, your kids will be happy if you've saved versus not saved. So yeah, just to get that one out of the way. Um, but yeah, there, there are, there is a lot of uh, beha <laughs> behavioral hurdles that we have to get through early in life when we start, uh, when we do start saving for college. Uh, okay, we have about, so we have a couple, we're gonna have a bunch of breaks here and I just wanna try to time them correctly. Um, all right, so do you, do you, should we jump into the best way to save, the best ways to save for college? I think it's probably gonna, we're probably gonna run past our 10.30 break, but I think that's probably the logical next step is, all right, so you're, you have a young kiddo and you're gonna save for college and so how do we go about doing that? I know there are a bunch of different ways to do it and uh, let's talk about the best ones and I'll, I'll, I'll throw that over to you uh, for, for what's your answer? What if a family asks you, hey, I, I'm going to save some money for college. Where do I put my money? That's great. Yeah. And I, and I always am clear to say, however you, however you do it is great. Yeah, uh, but there, right. there, there, are, there are some accounts that are set up specifically to save for college and have some benefits. Um, so in that way, I think um, I, I, I will advise families to look at these. So one yep. is a 529 plan. And um, most states have a 529 plan. That, that number refers back to the tax code when these accounts are created. Um, and in Massachusetts, and you can save in any one of them. You're not stuck to your state's 529 plan. But in Massachusetts, we have the U Fund. And it's MIFA's plan, but Fidelity Investments is the program manager. Yep. 
and, and the way these accounts work is you open an account and you start saving and you can save as little or as much as you want pretty much and then these accounts grow tax deferred so no you're never paying uh, taxes on the interest that you earn on these accounts and then when you take the money out as long as you use it to pay for qualified education expenses like tuition fees room and board um, books equipment then you never pay taxes so you could you could let this account grow for 18 years and all of the earnings will not be taxed as long as it's used for um, educational expenses so that's a real benefit. Um, additionally, here in Massachusetts, we also have a state tax deduction um, for money saved in these type of accounts. So um, up to $2,000 for a married couple or $1,000 for, uh, for a single taxpayer. So all kinds of tax benefits. And that's, that's, the, de that's the deduction, correct? Not the tax savings? Yeah. yeah. And, that's, and I believe yeah. that's also, uh, that's exclusively to the uh, Massachusetts plan. Yep, either the 529 or the you plan yep. prepared that we'll talk about. Which will, yeah, yeah which, will, which will cover as well. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, to, so just to be to be clear, there there are lots of different 529s. I don't know if all states offer them. I know that there I know that there are a lot of states that do offer them. Um, you do not need to save in your own state's 529 plan. Um, you know, for those of you who may be listening up in New Hampshire, I'm not actually familiar with the rules up there, but um, you can save in any 529 plan. Although uh, there may be tax advantages to saving in your own state plan. Some you know, every state writes their own rules. Some states will give you a tax deduction for saving in any plan, and some states will give you a tax deduction for saving in uh, your state-specific plan. Right in Massachusetts, it's I think I don't, that new that law is in the last two three years, correct? Um, correct. I know it's relatively new. We, we were always in a position with our clients where you know when they're saving for five twenty nine, it didn't matter. You know, and we used the Virginia plan for a long time. Now we're in a place where uh, if you save in the Massachusetts sponsored plan, which is uh, you know the U fund the you funded the you plan right um, then you get you you are eligible for a tax deduction on your contributions right it's not it's not a huge number right we're talking about uh, you know five percent of that of that uh, one thousand dollars or two thousand dollars but hey every every little bit counts and um, the you know the Massachusetts plan is certainly a good one um, you know I should also mention that all 529 plans are not created equal uh, there are you know there are there are most certainly good and bad plans uh, the Massachusetts plan which is it's just done by fidelity um, again this is my opinion and I think the opinion of, of you know a lot of other folks is a is a good plan and uh, I don't have any issue right if it was a, if it was a lousy one we may tell our clients hey I know you're gonna save uh, you know fifty or hundred dollars a year for your contributions here but um, the especially if you're saving a bunch of money, the cost of the underlying plan could, you know, could relatively easily eat that away. Um, but in this, in the case of the Massachusetts plan, it has the, it has the McNamara financial approval anyway. So <laughs> that's good. Um, anyways, so yeah, before, so, you know, just to, just to clear up, um, uh, to clarify a 529 plan is, is a little bit like an IRA for college, right? It's again, it's, it's not the same rules with, with uh, deductibility on the contributions. Um, but you know, that's just a, if you're not familiar with a 529, it is a little bit like a, an IRA where you put the money 
in, there may or may not be a deduction uh, of some amount, and then it grows tax deferred. And in the case of 529, if you take it out and use it for those qualified expenses, then you do get a, uh, you do get a, um, it, it comes out tax-free and you never pay. Welcome back to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara, and we are talking about paying for college today. Uh, and we are uh, lucky enough to have Julie Shields Rutina along with us. She is from MIFA, the Massachusetts Education Finance Authority. I think it's authority, right? That's what the A is? Okay, just yeah. checking. Just yeah. checking. <laughs> I do. I, I, the first three are pretty obvious. Um, anyway, so uh, you know, uh, if anyone has any questions, um, please don't hesitate to give us a ring. Here, uh, we're happy to answer them. Telephone number is nine seven eight four five four four nine eight zero. We're live in the Merrimack Valley today on WCAP. Again, that's nine seven eight four five four four nine eight zero. All right, and we're talking about saving for college, right? We're starting, we're starting, I, I think, you know, maybe, maybe it's the less, the, uh, the easy stuff, or at least relatively easy when it comes to applying for college and loans and all that fun stuff. Uh, but we're going to start with the savings process. Uh, and we started with, uh, with the 529 plan, which is, I, I, you know, certainly the most, to us, the most common way. And, and we think probably the best way to save for college specifically. So we're going to get into a little bit more of those details and, uh, and then sort of disclose that there are other options, right? You, don't, you do not need to save inside of a 529. Uh, as you mentioned, Julie, you, uh, you, can, uh, you can save really anywhere you want and, and any saving you do is better than none. Uh, but uh, we'll start off with some of the details of the, of the 529 plan. Um, so I, you, know, you, you mentioned, because you're with MIFA, that there are a couple, there are different types of 529 plans. And why don't we start with those? You know, there's certainly, well, let's start with the, with the more common one. And uh, I'll let you go ahead and explain that. Yeah, so you mean the, the more common one that we discussed where you're, Invest, you're putting money in. The yes, money is yeah, it, it, I think that's, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the U fund as opposed to the U plan. And then we'll talk about the U plan. Yeah, okay, the U yeah. plan then is a prepaid tuition plan. Yep. And so, yeah, that's a little bit different, uh, but... It's, it's, it's great. So the way states have prepaid tuition plans, too, and they all work a little bit differently. I'd almost say 529 plans, like the investment one we mentioned, operate similarly. Okay. The prepaid plans operate a little bit differently. But okay. the one, the U plan in Massachusetts. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I thought they both were, were sort of under that Section 529. So, it's not, so the, the prepaid plan is not technically a 529 plan. In the case of Massachusetts, okay. the others around the country okay. are. So it's, it's See, this, is, this is why we have you on. Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> so it all falls under the same, the okay. same heading. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so the one in Massachusetts, the U-Plan, the way it works is we have over 70 participating institutions here in Massachusetts, public, private. And a family would, when the child is young, buy tuition certificates. You know, let's say they had $5,000 and they decided, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put $5,000 in the U plan. So then what that does is it locks in the percentage of tuition at that point. You know, it can lock in the percentage of tuition at one of these schools when your child is three. 
So I'll, I'll give a, a kind of a silly example. Let's say yep. uh, UMass Amherst uh, tuition fees, let's say it's $10,000 right now when your child is three and you put in $5,000. You are then locking in 50% of the tuition and fees. And so then when your child is ready to go to college and if they choose UMass Amherst, and let's say UMass Amherst at that point costs $30,000, your 5000 has become fifteen. And again, very simple example, but you have locked in that percentage. Yep. Um, and so basically you're trying to um, overcome tuition inflation uh, over, over the, the many years. Yep. And you, you don't pick a college up front. Um, you, every year we would then send a statement letting you know how much of a percentage your money that's in there um, meets at all of the different colleges. And um, so for, for families in Massachusetts, and especially those who have more than one child and think that, oh, it's a pretty good bet, one of my kids will probably go to one of these 70 schools or so, uh, it, it can just be a, a really great option. And we happen to know some families who have had huge success sending their kids and yeah. really getting a huge benefit. Now, the biggest, I guess, the or the biggest question we get from families is, well, what if my kid doesn't yeah. choose one of those? And in fact, both my kids, <laughs> I had a new plan. Oh, yeah? Is that um, right? Both my kids, yeah, one went to New Hampshire and one went to Pennsylvania. <laughs> okay. so, uh, but what you can do is then you just take your money out, and um, it has grown with CPI interest. And oh, then you can okay. use it for whatever college. So you don't really lose out. Yeah. Uh, but the real benefit is if they, they attend one of those one of those colleges on the list. Yep. So that's, um, and, and, and a couple of differences with the U plan are that it's just tuition and fees and it's just for undergraduate, whereas the U fund and 529 plans that we spoke about a few minutes ago can be used for many more expenses, uh, books and equipment and all of that, and uh, room and board, and they can also be used for graduate school so there's much more flexibility okay. than the traditional 529 plan. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, you know, full disclosure, I don't, I don't know that we have ever worked with a client who has had uh, the U plan. And, right, I mean, it's the lack of flexibility is, uh, I think that's probably the, the main drawback to it. You know, if you, if you looked at it from a planning perspective, uh, it's certainly, uh, or at least, you know, looking backwards anyway, it has been an attractive planning opportunity. <laughs> Just because, because oh, I'm getting feedback. feedback. Are you feeding? Oh, you just turned on. The, did you turn on the Zoom, Cindy? <laughs> okay. I am, I am talking into both. Let me let me mute myself on my Zoom. Is that better? Sorry about that. Um. Anyway, so yeah. So from a planning point of view, if you take a look at the inflation on college for you know over the last say you know 10, 15, 20 years, if you had purchased credits in the, you know, via the U fund, you could have earned, you know, a, a very good return, at least relative, I think, to a, to a lot of college investment savings plans, right? I mean, if you, if you take a look at the average savings plan for college, I think it's certainly more on the conservative side, right? I mean, we, you know, we, we are in our business and I think, you know, more or less across the industry, you see more conservative investment strategies for college just because of the nature of college where it's not, you know, it's not like retirement where, oh, I'm going to retire in, in 2020 and then my portfolio is, is hopefully still going to be with me and delivering me income in 2050, right? College is so quick uh, and it, you know, it's just not a lot of time to recover from lousy markets. And so what you get is you, you tend to, you know, sort of trend towards more conservative investment strategies 
And in the case of the U fund, right? I mean, if you can, if, if inflation on education would be say be 5% per year, well, that's a, that's a pretty good return because for the most part, I think a lot of, a lot of college investment portfolios are on the more conservative side. And, you know, maybe you're only, you know, maybe you're only targeting four or 5% per year. I mean, I, I know they, they start more aggressive and, and they get more conservative generally speaking, and we'll, we'll catch up on more of those, but it's certainly an attractive opportunity, especially given, you know, on the assumption that you are going to continue having uh, inflation. I, and I mean, we'll, we'll talk about, I think maybe we'll, we'll save some big picture stuff at the end here if we, if we don't get through all of your, uh, all of, all of this outline here. But yeah, I mean, so I, it's attractive, but I don't, again, I don't know how, how often it's used. Do you have any idea of what the breakdown of you, you know, so just, you know, on the U plan versus U fund, you know, how much money goes into one versus the other? Many, many more people. Um, it's just more common. It's, um, you know, because it, because it's kind of a, a national type of a program, there's been more conversation about it. Yeah. Uh, so many, many more people save in the U fund. And, and so again, the U plan has a smaller um, group of people saving, but it, it is funny that those who have saved in it and made it work have been thrilled with it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and also, I mean, you, you would do, um, Depending on what your particular investment strategy is for, you know, I know we're getting sort of in, you know, a little bit off into the investment side, but depending on what your strategy is for saving for college, you know, the, the U fund, if you get a CPI return, may not be that bad if, if you're particularly conservative, right? If, if you've decided, hey, I'm going to save for college and you're a conservative person and you're even more conservative because it's your kid's money, right, which people, <laughs> which people do tend to be then, you know, maybe you're not in anything particularly aggressive anyways, in which case the downside to the U plan isn't all that bad because you, um, because, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, all right. <laughs> Cindy's, Cindy's contacting me. Uh, you know, it may not be that bad because, you know, if you're, if you're saving in the bank, for example, you're probably only going to get a, you know, a, a return similar to inflation anyway. So that's just an interesting way to think about it. it you know, whether or not you want to give that U plan a shot, the potential downside is mostly based on lost appreciation potential. And if you're not going to be all that aggressive anyways, it maybe it's, you know, maybe it's an even better idea for you. Um, okay. So let's, I mean, I think, you know, we'll, we'll move on. I would like to go on to some of the other options other than 529, but we should talk about the investment side of, uh, of the, of the, you know, of 529s in general and in the U fund. So can you, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much of your, of what you do is, is talking about investments specifically, but can you give us an overview of the U fund and the options available inside of that particular plan? Sure. Sure. And um, yeah. So what I would say is that, that one of the things that is nice about the U fund is that uh, fidelity. And I think most, 529 program managers have tried to make it easy, you know, for, for families to be able to go in and make some choices. And there's a lot of advice. So right on the UFUND uh, website, someone can always pick up the phone or chat with a Fidelity representative to help them with that piece, that investment piece, as I'm sure you can help your clients with that. But the choices range from um, one of the most, the, the most common choice that people make, you've already alluded to, is an age-based yeah. uh, plan, which means that um, the way the portfolios are set up is that they can be more aggressive in stocks when your child is three and four and five, because it's okay if um, you're watching those funds go up and down with yeah. the changes in the stock market when your child's four. 
But you wouldn't want that to be happening when your child is a sophomore or junior in high school. That would cause you angst. So then these plans are just set to go to get more and more conservative as your child gets older. And by the time your child is a junior or senior, um, they're much more conservative so that you wouldn't have that angst of worrying how, how much it was going to fluctuate. Yep. And, I, you know, I think something like 80 percent of families choose one of those options. Okay. So, so, so there are, yeah, there are age-based options. And, and, you know, I I agree, you know, even in the, the 529 plan, you know, we we don't, uh, you know, I'm sorry. So uh, the U fund and the MIFA plan is not an advisor, uh, does not work with advisors, right? So, so, you know, before the tax deduction came in, we, we did very little work and our, you know, our clients didn't, uh, didn't have as, you know, as many assets in the, uh, in the U fund. And even when they did, we, you know, we didn't get a, a feed on that. So we've been managing, you know, managing 529 portfolios. And for the most part, almost everybody chooses an age-based plan, even, even when we're designing it, right? Not every 529 plan has an age-based option. I think they, they may, now it may be the case and I'm, and I'm going to guess that they all do, but Going back, you know, 10, 15 years, um, you know, they didn't all have an age-based plan. But you know, you, even when you were designing your own strategy, that's essentially what we were doing: is saying, okay, let's let's do one that's based on your, your kid's age, and you know, obviously you would adjust that based on the particular circumstance of the client in our case. But um, yeah, so most assets do go into age-based. We recommend that you know, for the most part, most assets go into the age-based because most of the plans, uh, yours included, um, the MIFA plan, does do a good job of getting appropriately more conservative as uh, as kids get closer to college. But they do also offer custom portfolio options, correct? Yeah, so, so you can design your own strategy inside of the MIFA plan. Uh, I don't think there's a ton of options, which is good. I think most 529 plans try to simplify. And um, that's probably, I think that's by design so people don't get themselves in trouble with their kids' college money. Is that, is that, is that an accurate yeah, statement? that's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, I, yeah, and I, I think, again, so the 529 universe is, is sort of more heavily regulated in the investment universe as a whole. And I think that's probably a good thing. I think most people uh, would agree with that. Okay. Um, do you, should we touch on other ways to save for college you want before we move on to you know before we move on to the the years closer to college yeah you know we we definitely can i guess i might even leave that to you a little bit more because you know except by stating because then i i get over my uh, knowledge base but just that except that stating that you know different families have different situations they're hopefully working with someone like you yeah. and they may have other reasons to save in other ways um but again all of it is a positive and all of it is going to be a help when they go to paying for to paying for college so i've seen families save in many other ways and you might be able to talk about a few of those uh, but it's all it's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, it's all good. Yeah. So you know, I'll, I'll just go over them uh, briefly, and you know, I think it'll be it'll be a good segue into later parts of the show when we talk about financial aid, because where you choose to save is going to affect the financial aid calculation, right? Because different pots of money are counted differently when it comes to the financial aid calculation. I think probably the second half of the show will be, will be lots of info and, and about, uh, about financial aid and loans and all that kind of good stuff. But yeah, so I mean, the, the, so the 529 plan, the reason why it's so beneficial is A, the tax deferral, right? So you, you know, you put the money in, you may get, you may get a tax deduction and save a few bucks on the, on the front end. 
and then you get tax deferred growth and then tax free and it's tax free if you take the money out. So there's, you know, there's a bunch of tax reasons to, uh, to get that money, uh, you know, for, for that saving. In addition to that, it's also, you know, counted as a parental asset from a, uh, a financial aid point of view. And why don't, why don't we, you know, I know we'll get into this more, but can you, why don't you explain that one a bit? Um, no, that's, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So you're right. Um, savings in the parent's name are treated the most leniently in the financial aid process. And back to why I said it isn't going to hurt you to save. Yeah. Um, and the 529, even though you're naming a student as the beneficiary, it's still considered a parent asset in the process. And what that means is that those assets in the parent's name are treated at a rate of the at maximum 5.6% um, versus some savings that are in the student's name, such as in an UGMA or an UTMA account or just in the student's savings account, yep. uh, are treated at 20%. So that is a huge difference. So you're right. That's another huge uh, reason to think about how you're, how you're going to save. And I'd say that's, that's a key one if you're thinking about financial aid. Right. So, so yeah, when, when, so when we have conversations with clients, okay, so we sit down and we say, all right, so what, you know, we, we want to save for college. If, if, if the client says, I want to save for college, and I'm sure this money is going to be for college, then generally speaking, we're, we're directing them towards a 529 plan because of all the reasons that we've just discussed, right? I mean, you get, you get a potential tax deduction, you get tax deferral, and then you get a tax free when you take the money out. And it's, it's, you know, the best place to save from a financial aid point of view. Um, you know, if, if there's a little bit less certainty about college, and maybe we should touch on this as well, I mean, th there are other options, right? Not everybody goes to college. And so, you know, w you know we will get the question, well, what happens if, if, my, if my son or daughter doesn't go to college, right? Uh, you know, then what happens to the money? And, you know, there are other options. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about, you know, I guess those issues in a second here, but you can save in the child's name. It's called, you know, an UGMA or an UTMA account, uniform gifts to minors or uniform transfers to minors. And that's, that's sort of like opening up a bank account in your kid's name, which I think a lot of us have done, right? I'm, I'm going to go and, you know, when I get gifts from, um, you know, uncles or grandparents, I'm going to have a, I'm going to, I'm going to open a, an account for my son or daughter and I'm going to stick it in the bank. That's, you know, that is generally speaking an UGMA or an UTMA account. And you can certainly save for college and use those assets, you know, for, for a child's college. But they are those are kid assets as opposed to parental assets, which has a which has a couple of different issues. One of which is um, at at whatever the age of majority is in your state, the child gets the money, right? So here in Massachusetts, uh, if you open up a UTMA account, and we we know this because we work with uh, we work with TD Ameritrade as our broker dealer. If we have a kid, uh, a parent who has, a, who has an account for a kid, and that child turns 21, all of a sudden, you know, it, that's their account, and TD Ameritrade will give us a call and say, hey, this, uh, this kiddo is 21 now, uh, you need to do some paperwork and get it over into his name, right? So the money all goes to the child at 21 if it's still there, right? So that's sort of one downside. I mean, you know, downside or upside, depending on your perspective as, <laughs> as a parent. <laughs> and, um, you know, the other issue is, is that it's, it's, uh, that money is considered a child's asset. And because it's their money, it's going to be looked at differently in the financial aid calculations, which I, which I know we'll get into. But, you know, I, I would say that, um, you know, we have the discussion on a regular basis about what, you know, what's the best place to save, um, you know, you, you can also just save money in your own name, right? I mean, it doesn't, you know, you can, you can open up an account 
And, you know, let's say you have a husband and a wife and they have a couple of kids. If you want to save for college in a joint brokerage account or a joint account with a mutual fund company or even a joint account in the bank, you certainly can, right? There's, there's no there's no downside to doing that. Um, it's counted the same from a financial aid point of view. The only downside is the, um, is, is the, is the tax ramification, right? You're not getting any tax benefit to that, but the upside is that you have more flexibility. Am, am I, is there anything else I'm missing here or am I, uh, yeah. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. So I get, there's, there's lots of ways to do it. I think the, probably the most important thing for, to remember is that, uh, you do certainly want to save for college, and the you know the best way to do it is really situational, and uh, you know you just want to get a handle. Once you get a handle on what the options are, there really aren't that many of them, right? I mean, it's you know there's basically three different places you can go and save uh, for college. Although there's maybe there's more. I don't know if uh, maybe I'm maybe there's three big ones, and and there's other other smaller ones as well. But um, once you understand them all, and then you know you just need to think about what your particular goals are, you know, what flexibility do you want? And then you go ahead and choose your appropriate plan. Um, let's, you know, briefly, I know there are some rules about 529 plans that do allow for access to the money. You know, let, let's just talk about broadly what happens if I don't use the money for college, right? And we can get into, you know, what if I want to use it for private school? Or what if my kid doesn't go to college? Can you talk briefly about those? What happens if, uh, if uh, if you need the money early, let's let's go with that one first. Yeah, and and, and I can expand on it a couple of uh, two things. Sort of, some people ask about the fear of what if they they hope their child goes to college. What if they don't? And then the whole what if I need to take it out early? And so the truth is, yeah, you can you can call and take out your money anytime. But if you can't prove that you spent it on one of those qualified education expenses, then what happens is you do get taxed on any earnings yep. that have you've earned. And then there's an, it's regular income tax plus an additional 10% penalty on those earnings. So that's the downside if you, you know, if I always use the example, if your roof caves in and you need the yeah. money, you can take it out, but you're going you're gonna to pay extra taxes on it. But let's say the other piece, let's say, um, you know, your child doesn't go to college. First of all, uh, the eligibility criteria are pretty wide. And so many, many programs are included as el eligible. So there could be some kind of a, you know, not your traditional four-year college, but some kind of a, a, a trade shorter program school that, that could qualify. So that's first. Uh, it can also be used um, up to $10,000 for K through 12 private school expenses, as you mentioned. That's, yeah, that's, that's $10,000 per year. Per year for K through twelve private school, which is, I mean, that was a huge. That, that's also a fairly recent change. And that's a that's a pretty big change, I think, um, yeah. because it used to, be, you know, five twenty nine used to be a lot less flexible, and now that they have that, you know, that access, it's. Uh, I think it's maybe a little bit more appealing, especially to wealth, you know, to wealthier and uh, savers. Right, and and then you can also it's the transferring beneficiary thing works really well too, where you can transfer the money to another child. Um, and even someone who's a direct relative of um, not just sibling, but cousin of the direct, the initial beneficiary, or, you know, parent could even transfer it back to themselves yep. or save it for graduate school. Let's say there was extra. So, so there are a lot of things that you can do before you'd have to take the money out. And, and one last thing that's brand new this year as well is now, and this is only a one-time thing, not each year, but you can use it uh, $10,000 to pay towards student loans. 
So that's another use um, that you can use the, the 529, a one-time $10,000. And that's just for 2020, and that's, you know, came out of all the, of all the COVID legislation, I assume? But, but it, it, that piece may continue. Okay. So it just started January 1st, but that, that piece may continue just that one time. Okay. Uh, oh, 10000 Oh, okay. Payment of student loans too. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah. I thought that was a one time, but they, so there's a it, it may it may continue on. Okay, good to know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, when, when we talk about um, you know when we talk about five twenty nines and you know what happens if my if my kid doesn't go to college, I think you know, a because I think you know more often you have multiple children. I mean, we're 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 rarely uh, worried, I guess, about. Cli- about clients taking money out of 529s and having to pay taxes and penalties on it, right? I mean, A, if you have multiple kids, you can move the beneficiary. And, you know, the, really the issue is if you, you know, if, if you had just one kid, it might be, oh, what happens if they don't go to college, right? If you have multiple, then you have to be in a situation where you saved, un- you saved enough money for just, right, for, for, for more than one college education, which I think it's difficult, right? I think the average 529 saver is is using their 529 but at least from my experience most people are using their 529 to pay for a piece of college some of which uh will be paid for via loans which we'll get into next time around and, and then a lot of times it's out of cash flow from uh, from the parent and maybe and maybe the kid as well so I, I think it's a very very low risk proposition that you have to take money out of a 529 plan and, and pay those taxes but you know and, and then even so the amount of time that you're allowed to keep money inside of a 529 plan growing tax deferred uh, will ease the burden on that penalty anyway, right? I mean, you know, if, if, you, if you compare it to, uh, you know, a taxable account, right? I mean, if you, if you chose a, a 529 over just say saving the money in, uh, in a joint or individual taxable account, because you're deferring taxes all those years, that 10% bite at the end isn't all that bad because you got to, you know, you got to miss out on all the taxes for, for all the years. Or, I mean, and, and you can say, I don't, I don't know if, if 529s are limited. I, I think they have different, uh, different age limits on them, but I think maybe, you know, you can keep the money in there until age 30. What, what's the, what is the U fund or uh, what's the U fund age? No, you can keep it. You can okay. keep the money in there. Yep. It just stays in there forever. <laughs> yeah. Permanently. Yep. Yep. I mean, because you can use it, right? I mean, just because you don't go to college at 18 doesn't mean you're not going to go at 38. Right. right. Uh, and so you can, you know, even, you know, you can just leave it alone and take it out later. And it's really, again, that's, that's why wow, I, I think a lot of them used to have age limits on them. Maybe right. they've, maybe right. they've sunsetted them since I first did my studying when I, uh, when I broke into this business, but uh, okay. Yeah. So I think, I think next time around, again, anyone have any questions, um, you know, please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, telephone number is 978-454-4980. We are live in the Merrimack Valley today. We just have a couple of minutes before the break. I think, I think, you know, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to ask if I could mention two things yeah. before we, on this topic. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. That, that's great. Jump in. The first is that I just like to make sure that people know this, that starting this year, the state treasurer's office put together what's called the Baby Steps Program. Okay. And MIFA works hand-in-hand with them on this. And so every baby born, um, as long as the parents open, uh, born or adopted in Massachusetts, as long as the parents open up a U-Fund account within the first year, we'll get $50 oh. to open that account. Oh, nice. So I just like people to know that. Yep. Do it within the first year. And the second thing is just that we're coming on the holidays is just that um, you can gift into people. You can have your family gift into the U-Fund for your kid, and they have 
They have a, a cute. Anyway, yeah. yeah. We'll catch up on that on the other side. We'll be right back. 